everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. Happy last week of January. Our February newsletter goes out in two days, so if you haven't signed up for it yet, make sure to click the link in the show notes. It's one email a month, so it won't clog your inbox. This week, I'm excited to share my conversation with you guys with actor, director, and novelist Joe Filippone. We talked about how he fell in love with horror, why he likes to push his own boundaries with extreme horror movies like a Serbian film and Sallow, and how he got into working at Extreme Haunts. I was so fascinated hearing about this, and I'm sure you'll love it too. Lastly, if you want to join the community over on Patreon, you can click the link in the show notes, and for only $3 a month, you'll get access to early episodes, stickers, a monthly newsletter, and more. As always, please take a second to rate and review us wherever you listen, and let's get into my conversation with Joe Filippone. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, I am good. I can't believe that I forgot that it was Thursday and that we were doing this, but I'm here. I'm here. It's all good. It's going to be a good a good show. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Joe Filipponi. I am currently an actor, voice actor, director, and novelist living in Los Angeles. I've been acting... Since I was little, I did my first play when I was six. So that, that was back in Denver. I first got published as a writer when I was like 21, 22. Uh, and started directing during COVID, during the lockdown, just to have some stuff to, to do to be creative. So <laughs> awesome. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh my gosh, this like changes so many times. Right now, my favorite scary movie would probably be 120 Days of Sodom, Sallow or 120 Days of Sodom by Pasolini. Oh my goodness. I've heard that's really intense. Why that one? I've read a lot of the work of the Marquis de Sade and I've read the 120 Days of Sodom and I've seen pretty much everything Pasolini's done and I'm Italian and just the way that he took that story and set it into fascist Italy and the way that it's done, the way that it's shot, it's scary because it could actually happen. And I tend to get more scared by those kind of horror movies. So it's like, I can watch stuff like the Terrifier films, you know, all day, every day. And and I, I love the Terrifier films. I want to get killed by Art the Clown one day. But the ones that are more scary for me is like, the stuff that could actually happen. So like the men behind the sun movies with like unit 731, the found footage film hate crime is probably one of the scariest movies that I've ever seen just because that could actually happen. Oh my goodness. I have not heard of any of those films. <clears throat> I am. My mind is blown right now because that doesn't usually happen, but that's funny. I'm going to have to go Google them all after. Yeah, just like, just be prepared because they're all like really extreme horror, especially the Men Behind the Sun movies. If you haven't done research on Unit 731 in World War II in Japan, do a little bit of research so you know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very interesting story. It's a very interesting 
thing that happened even after the war ended and how they tried to hide it, both uh, Japan and even America's involvement in kind of hiding all of these war crimes that the, the Japanese um, did against the Chinese. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting. And with what's going on in the world now, with all the wars and, and even stuff that's going on here in America, like I'm gravitating more toward rewatching all those films again, just because I'm like, oh, you know, life sometimes isn't stranger than fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you seen the movie Threads? No, but that's on my list. I've heard it's really intense. And like somebody said they couldn't even watch the movie. They, they got so scared by the trailer. Oh, so. wow. I'm going to I'm going to look that up after we're done here. <laughs> so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I've always liked scary things, and maybe it's because I'm a Scorpio. Maybe it's because I was actually supposed to be born on Halloween, but Halloween's always been my favorite holiday. When I was growing up uh, as a little kid, like my favorite cartoons were always like Scooby-Doo because, you know, you had like the monsters and the ghosts and like Johnny Quest because a lot of the episodes like you know, my two favorites from those were the invisible monster and the the yetis in the, the monastery, just because those were like real monsters, real ghosts. I always read like the Goosebump books, the scary stories tell in the dark. I grew up on Are You Afraid of the Dark? I watched that every week. <laughs> and then when I was six, my parents let me watch The Wolfman because I we were watching Full House and in one of the episodes they watched that movie and I wanted to watch it because of that so they rented it and I loved it it was like oh my gosh this is so cool like just everything about it the music the acting the costumes the story and so from there I I you know was watching all the old Universal monster classics and then I think when I was like in fourth or fifth grade then that's when i saw friday 13th part two and then we just kind of went from there with like nightmare on elm street child's play the halloween films oh that's so cool i think we probably grew up in the same time because i watched full house a lot but i also yeah. watched are you afraid of the dark every single week and goosebumps yeah. <clears throat> so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre i don't know i think it's maybe just speaking for me, like I'm really interested in kind of like that dark side of of human nature and, and I've studied some psychology and stuff like that. So I'm always interested in like why, like what makes someone do that, what makes someone kill, what makes someone like go insane or whatever. Uh, and so I think a lot of the movies, especially now, giving the the monsters and the the serial killers like the backstories, you can kind of explore that. But I think people just also like to be scared and people like to be scared in that control environment. I've worked as a, a scare actor and a, and a haunter for many years and I've done all levels from like very basic, like, okay, you could bring kids in, in through the haunt and they'll be fine to like really extreme, like you're getting touched, you have to sign a waiver, you're getting tased. And I think especially with the extreme haunts, people like that, because again, you can have that controlled environment you know that you're not actually going to die. But when you're going through a haunt, when you're watching a scary movie, when you're playing a survival horror video game, like you do kind of lose yourself. It's like that suspension of disbelief. 
almost where you're like, oh, what if I actually do die at this moment? What if something actually goes goes nuts? And I think too, it's just like, it's a safe way for people to maybe explore a love or a fantasy maybe that they're not able to do. You know, the horror genre, we are, seems like we're such a small community. And it seems like people who love horror, who work in horror, we all know each other. We all kind of know the same types of people. So I think it's nice to get in with people who get you. I know a lot of the the people that I work with at the Extreme Haunts, you know, again, they're very sane. They're very like, quote unquote, normal people. They're soccer moms. They're, you know, PTA people. They're elementary school teachers they're you know managers at walmart or whatever but they just love that feeling of scaring of being scared i also think too and this is from some people that i know that have gone through the extreme haunts a lot of people too if they've gone through kind of any sort of trauma they can find that as a very nice healing mechanism a very nice coping mechanism there was this one woman who used to go through an extreme haunt that i worked at her name was mary and she had actually done something like five tours of iraq and she was still yeah she was still active in the the military too and mary would whenever she would be deployed and have that time off she would come back to the states and she would just like find all these extreme haunts that were going on and she would just do it and she would tell all of us you know go hard go hard on me go hard on me and we all just like eventually figured out like oh whatever she's seen in the war and seen in iraq like this is her way of kind of like getting therapy and kind of going through closure and i think people who watch horror films if they relate with something that's gone on in the movie that can be their closure i remember reading an interview with a a woman about i spit on your grave And she said that when she first saw that movie, she had actually like been raped like two weeks before. And so she went to the video store, put on I Spit on Your Grave, and she imagined that she was doing that to her rapist. And she said it was nice closure and a nice like therapy session to be able to live vicariously through this movie. So I think a lot of people can find that too. Like, it doesn't even have to be something as dramatic as like, I was raped, I was beaten, I was kidnapped. Like you can watch a movie and anyone who's maybe abused you, if even if it's just like kind of psychologically, you can imagine that you're that final girl or that final boy defeating your monster, defeating your demons. And and so in a way, horror movies kind of have a little bit of hope and happy ending if the the final girl or final boy wins. I know this was such a long-winded answer. <laughs> I apologize to your to your listeners. I talk a lot, so. <laughs> no, I love it. That's such an interesting perspective. How did you get into working at Extreme Haunts? You know, it kind of started, I saw an audition years ago for a non-Extreme Haunt, the, the Great Horror Campout, and I was like, hey, it's kind of a slow season right now. This sounds fun. They're looking for actors. So I went and auditioned and I got in with the company and one of the makeup artists was starting an extreme haunt. And so I got friendly with him and he invited me to work for him. And then other haunters that I had worked with, they started their own companies or other haunts would hear about me and reach out. 
people would suggest like, hey, why don't you audition for this haunt and, and do that? The one that I've worked at the most, 17th Door down in OC, I started there during COVID, during the lockdown. They were one of like the only haunts that were allowed to go on and they had to do so many safety precauls. But it was because I was in a group chat with another haunt that I worked for Black Mass and a lot of the people there were 17th door people or worked at the Queen Mary during Dark Harbor. And they, you know, were saying like, oh, you know, since Dark Harbor is not happening and nothing else is happening and, and Horror Nights isn't happening, you know, 17th door is looking for people. Why don't you guys audition or whatever? So I just went there not expecting anything. And, and the past like three years, I, I worked there. I took this season off just because I kind of needed like a season of myself. And some of that rest time, and because I was like so busy doing other acting stuff, I was like, I just don't have the stamina. Plus, I'm getting old, so that's... I can't do it the way I used to. Oh, that's so interesting. I I have never been to one of those haunts, and I never want to go because that's not the type of scare that I want. But have you yeah. seen the movie The Houses October Built? Yes, yes. Yeah, I like I like that movie. I know it's not very well regarded, but I like it. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the the sequel too. And yeah. I, I love any type of like haunt movie where you can tell that they've either researched haunts or they have some connection to them. Like Hell House uh, LLC, I think mm -hmm. is, is a really great one. Um, and even uh, Hellfest, I think yeah. is the one. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one scared me because I was like, okay, this shit could actually happen. Some crazy person in a theme park with just like a knife and a mask and you think he's you know part of the cast but he's really like damn don't give don't give these psychos like ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is one last question about haunts and then we'll move on i promise uh what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you while you've been working at an extreme haunt probably the craziest thing that happened was a couple of years ago at 17th door i was in the room called the elevator and it was like this little like elevator thing that would like go up and down like crazy elevator i was in a gimp suit with a complete with a mask and and had fake boobs and like this fake like vagina thing that they put on me and i was in like this sex swing swinging around like flirting with people and because i'm a voice actor i made and and i do a lot of female voices so i made my voice go up and i was like doing like the female voices and kind of like screwing around with the the audience and like a lot of the guys and and girls like they wouldn't know like what i was and like someone would even like go and try to touch see if i had like real tits or see like what was between my legs and it was just like that's the craziest thing that's <laughs> ever happened to me is just like being touched during it i did have one guy when i was working at this haunt called alone i was shirtless and like in like these tattered pants and it was like in this like pillow room where i like sprang up from all these pillows and like had a pillow fight with people and stuff this one guy who was actually a critic and a reviewer when he was like leaving the room he like put his hand like right on my leg and he like leaned in he was like you're really cute and i was <laughs> like hey, this isn't the time or the place dude but thanks appreciate it so yeah i've had people flirt with me people touch me that's the craziest thing if you're if you go to haunts don't touch us like and don't be sexual with us a lot of us are married a lot of us have kids and a lot of us don't want to get with you so <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice for anyone listening that goes to extreme haunts. Yeah. <laughs> so what scares you in horror movies today? 
Well, probably, like I said, stuff that could, could actually happen. When I saw Hate Crime, that was a movie where I had to keep pausing it because it was just, it, it, it was too real. And I was like, okay, this shit probably does happen every day. This shit probably happens, is happening right now. I, I felt the same when I watched Megan is Missing. There was a couple of times when I had to like stop that. And I was like, okay, this is a little too, too real because I live in North Hollywood where Megan is missing was, was shot. So it's like, I recognized a lot of the places where they filmed, but that kind of stuff gets me, especially when it involves children in danger. And, and when you actually see kids being hurt and, and kids being abused like that, that's a really big hot button thing for me. So like, I, I do have to be in the right mindset for stuff if I know like a child's going to be abused or if it's going to deal with like pedophilia or, or child rape or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. What's your favorite subgenre in horror? I love the old like 70s exploitation film. I think like those are just so fun. Like the Ilsa series, Ilsa, She Wolf, the SS, and like all of them, Night of the Cobra Woman. And I also love like the killer snake movies from like the, the 70s and stuff like Stanley. I'm not too big of a fan of like the like big like CGI, like, oh, it's a giant like mutated three headed thing and it's going to come and eat you. Like I'd rather see like the the movies that have like the the real like actual snakes and they're they're actually using that mm-hmm. fear to, to go on. What would you say is your least favorite subgenre? Least favorite subgenre. This is going to sound so bad because I normally don't criticize any type of films, but like bad holiday themed horror. Like which which ones? Like there's been so many like bad like Christmas themed <laughs> horror films that I I'm I'm just like no like play it don't play it so much for the laughs or like if you're gonna do that then like actually market it as like a comedy or a dark comedy don't market it as like a horror film like if you're not gonna do Christmas horror like make it scary you know and that that goes for any holiday horror themed movie and I think we need more holiday horror themed movies I think that's an interesting genre that except for Christmas hasn't really been tapped into as much as it could and I think if you get the right directors the right actors the right writers it could really be a boom in the horror community and it could really be a boom in that genre that could bring some new life and some new energy and new ideas to to the movement. Also, I will say like bad like LGBT horror films. Like don't don't go for like the stereotypes, don't go for the clichés, don't like make it like the same like LGBT type of theme or whatever that I've seen in like every other movie. Like do something different with it, add your own theme. So I think just like people that are trying to copy like what was hot or what was popular but not understanding how to to do it correctly. Those are great answers. Do you have any favorite horror directors? Oh, well, Pasolini, like I said, I love Damien Leone with the Terrifier films. I think he's amazing. Kyle, who did the Skinamarink. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I loved that film. Mm-hmm. I felt a kinship 
to him because a lot of the films that I do as a horror director are kind of like that weird, like experimental, like what the fuck is going on? There's not really a lot happening, but it's like in your mind. Also, my friend Amelie, she is amazing. I think she's not only the best female director that is out there, but the best horror director that's out there. She unfortunately hasn't gotten like a big shot yet that I think she deserves. But if you look at any of her movies, you'll be like, oh my gosh, like why hasn't this woman won an Oscar? Why hasn't she like just directed everything like Blumhouse, everything? They just need to give all of their horror films to Ama and it's like she'll make them millions of dollars. What was her name? Amelie? Amelie. A-M-A-L-E-E. She's on she's on Twitter and, and Instagram. I think her Twitter handle is Miss Amelie. Okay, cool. I'll check her out after. Yeah, she's cool. So you're an actor. Have you ever acted in a horror movie? I've acted in a lot of horror movies and I've died in a lot of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a horror film this past year in Tahlequah, Oklahoma called Blood Red Riverbed, which I died. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun to go to to Oklahoma and and be a part of this because it was a mostly all native cast and crew. So and we need, you know, I'm, I'm always like, yes, more more women, more more native, more people of color get get whitey out of there. Like <laughs> you, you've done enough white people take take the back seat. But that that was really fun. I've got like a sci-fi horror metaphysical film called Reflect that's actually going to come out on the 9th of January on the streaming services. Yeah, and that was a female director. And, and that one should be really fun. That was an interesting role and inter- interesting movie to be a part of. But yeah, I've done I've done so many horror films. I've done a lot of stuff with my friend Matthew, Mark Hunter, MMH Productions. He's somewhere in the Midwest. And I've worked on so many of his films, but we've actually never met in person. It's always been like me remote filming stuff here in LA, or he gets me to do a lot of like voice work for him and and voice a lot of like weird dolls or weird, you know, whatever thing he's got in there. So it's like, I'll just record here in my place and then send it to him. But we've actually never met, which is really funny. Oh, that's so cool. The power of the internet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Not yet. (laughs) I thought thought you would say that. Maybe hate crime. That that might be the the only one. But I actually do have to go back and rewatch that one because I'm starting a review channel on YouTube just because I love films so much and love movies so much. So there are some that I need to go back and rewatch so I can like write down notes and and do it. And that might be one of them, but we'll we'll see. (laughs) Awesome. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Not really. Nothing like, you know, like when people saw The Exorcist, how they were like, you know, passing out and screaming and, and running from the theater. So not really. I think the only maybe noteworthy thing is it was when I saw the exorcism of Emily Rose in the theater when I was leaving the people behind me. One of them asked her friend was like, oh, so do you think she was really possessed or do you think it was a mental thing? And the guy behind her was like, well, I'm Catholic. So I think she was really, really possessed. <laughs> and I laughed to myself because I'm Catholic, too. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like the standard answer. But that's that's 
pretty much been the only thing that stuck out. What has your favorite horror movie been of 2023 since we're at the end of the year? Oh my gosh, since I've watched so many things, I'm, I have to think like, okay, what did I watch that actually came out in 2023? Probably Terrifier 2. Yeah, because I I loved All Hallows Eve. I love the first Terrifier. And then when they announced the, the second one, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't wait. So it's like, I saw that on, on opening day. So it's, it's probably going to be a, a toss up between Terrifier 2 and, and Skinamarink. Was Skinamarink this year or 2022? Yeah. It was this year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's awesome between those two. Oh wow, and they're such different movies. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> that's that's why it's it's sometimes hard for me as a not only just a horror fan but a movie fan because it's like I have such an eclectic taste, but that's even even in real life like the stuff that I I read, the kind of art that I like, like it's just so all over the place. <laughs> what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in 2024? Probably Terrifier 3, just because <laughs> it's already gotten so much like hype and, and so much like slack. I want to see where they go with that. I'm trying to think what trailers I've seen for horror films that are coming out in this next year. Probably that one. I mean, I could be like a douchebag and be like, oh, mine better. <laughs> but no, I think take three, because I want to see if some of the stupid like hate stuff on Twitter that it's already gotten, if it's going to be like worth it or not with people already giving them slack. So we will see. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? I feel like we've already talked about a bunch. But oh, well, any others? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Sallow is generally one, Men Behind the Sun, the Ilsa films, pretty much anything that I watch. Like, what what was the one that I just watched that people were like, oh my god, that's so gross. Like, oh, the Ebola syndrome. <laughs> I rewatched that and people were like, how can you watch that? I'm like, I don't know, how can you not? <laughs> I have another one that I've never heard of. I feel... Like I'm missing out, but I probably will never watch these because they sound yeah. very intense. <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? That's a good one. That's a hard one. I would probably remake probably Night of the Cobra Woman. I think I could do some really cool things with that. And it was just such a it's it's one of my favorite films and, and a lot of the stuff that it did was kind of groundbreaking just in the terms of, of back in like the 60s, 70s, having a, a black woman as a lead and having like an interracial romance when we hadn't even gotten that on TV yet. And just showing a, a black woman being like sexy and, and beautiful and seducing a white man. Um, I'd love to like take that and just go even further today and really piss off like, you know, the the mega bigot <laughs> and all that. Um, Plus, I think it's a movie that if it had more of a budget and maybe it was a little bit longer, it, it could really be something. So, Awesome. If you could see one horror movie on a big screen with an audience, which one would it be? Ooh, I would love to go back in time and see The Exorcist on opening day. I think that would be like just so amazing. Or go and see Silent Night, Deadly Night when it came out when there was all the protesters. Oh, wow. I didn't know there were protesters. That's interesting. Yeah, because they showed like the commercial for it, like during <laughs> prime time and like a bunch of like parents complained because then their kids got scared of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Oh. So my last question is, 
horror means something different to everyone. What is your personal definition of horror? Horror is looking inside of ourselves and finding out what scares us and why that scares us and why we're so terrified of whatever thing that is. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you online if you want to be found? Yeah, so I have a acting page on Facebook, official Joe Filipponi. That's also my Instagram that where I say everything that I've got coming up, like acting, directing wise, just official Joe Filipponi. I'm on Twitter, my first and last name, J-O-E-F-I-L-I-P-P-O-N-E. I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the hip hop Joe, where I post clips from stuff that I've done, where I've posted some of the horror films that I've directed. So yeah, I'm around. <laughs> awesome. I'll leave links to all that in the show notes. And thank you so much again for your time. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joe Villapone. And thanks again to Joe for coming on. I'll leave links to where you can find him and his YouTube channel in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Who's There PC. Don't forget to check out the Patreon and sign up for our newsletter. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at whostherepc at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask who's there.